Okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> uh, our team name is um, Team Ashley, Nathan's girlfriend. So there we go. Okay. Um, our team name has to do with Ashley because she came up with the theme that we should focus on, which is really cool. And then she nominated me to come up here, which is not as cool. <laughs> I'm just going to diss Ashley for like 20 minutes. All right. Um, so, <laughs> all right. So the theme that she, uh, that our table was talking about uh, for a lot of the time was riches and treasures. Those words are repeated a lot. And also when Paul's talking about things that he rejoices in, we kind of lumped those in with uh, riches and treasures. So our, our main thing that we talked about was just the things that Paul, like, says are valuable, uh, which is, is really interesting because he's just talked about Christ and who he is, and then now he's going to go into, like, what are, what are the valuable things in life. So the first thing he says in verse 24 is that he rejoices in his sufferings for their sake, so his sufferings are valuable. Then the next thing that he talks about as being valuable is the riches of the glory of this mystery. And then he says, which is Christ in you. Um, and so we went back and forth a lot on this verse. But what we came to is that this valuable thing is that we live on the side of the New Testament of the Bible, post Christ's uh, life and death and resurrection. So we have the mystery of Christ revealed to us. We don't just have all the prophecies um, and all of the promises to, like, look forward to that the people in the Old Testament had, uh, we actually know from reading this book what Christ was like when he lived on earth, the things that he said, uh, the things that he did. Um, we have details about his death on the cross and his resurrection. We have details about his disciples. We have a bunch of information about Christ that they just had promises and, like, vague outlines um, for. It's like, it's like they got, like, a black and white outline of Christ, just kind of penciled in and sketched, and we get him in full color. Uh, we get the Messiah in full color. We understand his redemption uh, in full color, uh, or we can from reading this book. Um, and, and yeah, that's really cool that we just live on that side. Um, they had all the promises, uh, but we get to the, the kind of a privileged position of knowing in like full color, full detail, full focus, uh, what Christ was like when he came down and dwelt with us on earth. So that's pretty cool. That the, the revealing of that mystery is like the second treasure that he talks about. The next treasure that he talks about is in verse 2 of chapter 2. Um, and he says, to reach all the riches of full assurance, so an assurance of something, so being sure of something. Uh, and what, what, is, what, is it the, the, what is the valuable thing to be sure of? Uh, and the treasure is that being sure of your knowledge and understanding of God's mystery. So in, if you go back, we decided that in verse 27, God's mystery that he's talking about is Christ and just that and Christ's fulfillment of all the redemption promises. So this is saying that the riches is being sure that you understand Christ and his redemption. That is like a gift. That is a treasure, being sure of that, um, which totally makes sense um, because... He has just brought up, uh, uh, he has just done this poem about uh, what Christ is like in uh, verse 15. And then he's also talking to a bunch of people who are being led astray about who Christ is um, by a bunch of people. And he even mentions that uh, in verse 4 when he says, I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. Um, 
And then another uh, theme that we were kind of thinking about and that we kind of arrived at, uh, arrived at at the end is that the full assurance of understanding Christ, something that's hidden within that is wisdom and knowledge. And so, um, yeah, we just wanted to talk about the riches and treasures that Paul brings up. It's a treasure that we live on this side of Christ that we get to understand him and understand his redemption through reading the Bible. Um, and it's a treasure to be able to fully understand at least um, as much as we can on this side of heaven who Christ is and have an assurance that we know the truth about who he is, who he was, uh, and his redemption for us. Um, and the Colossians are being led astray in that. And what's awesome is that we can be here um, and read the Bible and, and not be led astray and know what the truth is about Christ. Come on. That was strong. Okay, Ashley's boyfriend, is your team up next? Okay, come on up. Hello, I'm Ashley's boyfriend. Um, our team name is uh, Pablo and the Band. Woo! Um, so, where do I start? Okay. Um, so just like a pre preface to uh, this really quick, um, we, uh, got stuck on Christ's afflictions for like 15 minutes. So that was great. Um, but basically we found here that, um, uh, Paul is growing his faith, like through his suffering, he's in prison and he's growing his faith, but he's still happy to sort of, uh, to support uh, and help grow the church, which we thought was pretty cool. Um, and then also we have here that um, he's suffering for like the sake of the church, right? And, um, and it's just kind of interesting because it's like, it says in the Bible that we will suffer for the sake of the church. And it's like, Paul's doing it. We can do it too. Whoa. And it's like, whoa, we all think that Paul's like this super awesome dude, which he is. But it's like, so are, all, so are all of us, guys. Um, and then something else that we have here is that Christ and the Holy Spirit dwell with us and um, dwell with us now and forever. And sort of when we were talking about, like, the mystery being unveiled, and it's like sort of talking about, like, God's plan and that sort of thing, um, we sort of just said, we were sort of talking about, like, some of that mystery was just how, like, God and uh, how Christ and the Holy Spirit dwells with us now um, and how Christ is our Savior and that sort of thing. Um, let's see. Oh, another thing. It says, uh, let, me, let me see where hmm. it says, there it is. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may be present, uh, wait, that we may present everyone mature in Christ. And sort of when we, when we were talking about that, we also noticed that it was talking about how we need to watch out for false teachers. And we were just like, oh, well, that's kind of nuts. Because it's like there's so many false teachers in this world. And there's so many like, and it even says in this like plausible arguments, which I, I kind of like that term like plausible arguments. Because there's a lot of different religions. There's a lot of different teacher teachings like prosperity gospel that is like, oh, that could be plausible, but it's just like we want to be mature in Christ so that we know what teachings are false and what teachings are not um, and what teachings are true. And so we thought that that was pretty legit. Um, 
Sorry. Um, we also have here that, like, so when Paul wrote this, he wrote it in prison. And, like, we looked, looking at, like, the historical context of Colossians, he wrote it, um, he wrote it for the Church of Colossae. He didn't write it, like, to the Church of Colossae, right? So the way that, and, like, as, like, the Bible is written for us, but it's not written to us is sort of, like, what we said. Because when this letter was being delivered, it was stopping at all the churches along the way. And so it wasn't like just the church of Colossae got this letter. It was all the churches around. And so we, it was sort of cool. It's because it's just like, yeah, this is addressed to Colossae, but it can apply to every single church on the way, which is legit. Um, <laughs> see if there's anything else. Ah, so... The church is one body, and it is so easy for churches and believers to be pitted against each other um, and to try and split off from the church and um, have bitterness. And uh, we, I just, it's, we just sort of were talking about that and how like this like letter itself can sort of, it's sort of like a thing of encouragement of like when, like when the letter went to all of the different churches, it can sort of unify them in a sense of just like being able to stay strong, being able to lean into one another. And I just think that that's cool because it's just like the evil one is the one that wants us to be pitted against each other um, when, yeah, when we uh, shouldn't be, when we should all be following God and being in fellowship with one another. Um, And then finally... Uh, we have here that in chapter 2, I believe, um, it says that we need to have full assurance in God's character and salvation. Amen. Thank you, Pablo and the band. Who would like to go next? Jonas, come on up. Give it up for Jonas. Woo! Unfortunately, he has no brothers. You'll get it. That is a hint at our team name. We are the Jonas Brothers and Sisters in Christ. So that is our team name. Yeah. So uh, like Nathan's group, uh, as we read this, just the first verse itself, we really wrestled with because um, there's aspects of it that might sound heretical, like Christ's afflictions weren't sufficient for our salvation is kind of the first thing that we kind of felt like that could be what it's saying, but we know because it's uh, it's in scripture that is not what it's saying. Um, So we kind of discussed, well, what, what could Paul mean by saying this? So uh, Gwen brought up a great point that, because it is shocking to us, it, you know, it may have been shocking to also the readers of this, the original readers of this letter, and the shock, you know, serves a purpose, and so we talked about what that purpose could be, and what we kind of gathered is several things, one being that suffering is part of our Christian faith and our walk with Christ, that it's a natural aspect of it, um, but what does it mean for Paul to be suffering? And so, like, looking at the historical context of 
this time and day and age. Um, a lot of religious leaders were thought to be higher than the people that they were ministering to, you know, like the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and then even like the false teachers, like the Gnostics and everything were higher, were thought to be higher than the people that they were talking their false religions to. But by Paul bringing this up, um, he's bringing himself lower. He's a suffering servant just as Christ is. So I think that is powerful in a sense of what makes Christianity so unique uh, compared to other world religions is that the better, just because somebody's maybe better or, you know, more talented or other things doesn't mean that they're more quote-unquote religious, that suffering is an aspect of uh, following Christ, no matter if you're an Apostle Paul or just a common believer, um, which is, to me, very powerful and encouraging. Another aspect that we talked about was the mystery uh, word. And in my commentary, it was talking about how mystery was a term used at the time that was religious teachings that were only reserved for the elites. So going on again of like the unifying uh, aspects of Christianity that anyone can understand the mystery of Christ because the door is open for everybody. Um, and Paul continues on that kind of path of talking about the body of Christ, us being knitted together um, uh, in unison. And so we talked about kind of the application of that and how, as Christians, how powerful would it be for us to encourage one another just as Paul is encouraging this church. And then finally, with false teaching, what is Paul trying to say is that Christ is sufficient. He does not need to be built on. His mystery is itself, and it, there's nothing else that needs to be um, revealed in that, that Christ is sufficient in himself. He does not need to be built on. So, yeah. Awesome possum. <clears throat> Thank you, Jonas brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. That is by far the best team name thus far. It will be hard to beat. Uh, who's next? Okay, Nicolette. Come on up. Um, we didn't really think of a name, but uh, Kayla just said we'll be Team Colossae. So, yeah, Colossians. Um, okay, but we kind of just, like, after reading and talking, we kind of came up with, like, four different points and then, like, stuff that's already been talked about. Like, I'll just not really go into. Um, but... Uh, one thing I did want to say about, like, uh, I guess that uh, first verse that we're all like, what the heck, about um, is just, like, um, I feel like I like to, like, think about, like, the context of, like, um, the time they were in and what they were, like, life was like and, like, how they had just came out of, like, having the law and not having the Holy Spirit yet and Jesus not dying on the cross yet for their sins and just, like, um, like, how, like, when Jesus died on the cross for our sins, like, he left and we got a, the greater gift of, like, the Holy Spirit, right? But, like, um, that's for, like, believers. And, like, I think, like, when it says, like, um, what he was lacking in, it was, like, Christ was no longer physically on the earth to, like, go out and talk to unbelievers, but we still are. So we can, like, fulfill that on earth um, with the Holy Spirit in us. Um, also, um, 
something we talked about is like Jesus is for everyone. Um, in verse 27, um, it says, To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of the mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Um, just how like, uh, like the Gentiles and Jews had always been very separated um, and they, uh, like, we're told to, like, stay away from them, you know, like, if they're going to follow God, they need to separate themselves, where now they're in a time where God has, or Jesus had came and died for everyone, and, like, he's just being like, hey, guys, like, like, I'm for everyone, like, I've revealed myself to Gentiles, like, they are also saved people, and, um, like, that's not as much, like, something that, we deal with now, but I feel like still it's, like, sometimes, like, um, we can feel, like, outcast because of what we've done, maybe, or, like, other people, like, um, we might not mean to, but we can make them feel, like, outcasts, so just, like, remembering that God is for everyone, um, and then suffering, enjoying that, like, I feel like that's been talked about a lot, um, but one sec. I feel like, yeah, I don't know. We just talked about how it's very, like, encouraging um, that, like, Paul, like, it was considered uh, encouraging to, like, the people he was ministering to that he was, like, even though he was in jail, that he was just, like, praying for them. So just that, like, we have a church community here that, like, when we go on missions trips, like, there's people here that are praying for us and that are, um, like, are in our thoughts and prayers and that we can, like, go to for support. And um, just that we aren't alone in anything. And, um, yeah, I feel like, um, yeah, just like we talked about, like, false teachings, Nathan talked about, and... Um, yeah, I know. It was really good, though. Thank you, thank you, thank you. A little bit of brown nosing, picking the letter's name. Is the team name, but that's okay. That's okay. Okay, is we have one team left? Is this this team? Okay, last but not least, maybe the best for last. We will determine that in a moment. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, we are Froggy 101. That is our team name. If you watch The Office, that would make sense to you. Uh, so we kind of went in order of things. Uh, we kind of stuck around in the beginning, and then we kind of chilled out in Colossians 2 for a bit. Uh, but first off, verse 24, uh, Paul's talking about how he's rejoicing in his sufferings. Uh, he's rejoicing uh, for the church in Colossae on their behalf. And he's saying rejoice in his suffering. Uh, if you are suffering for Jesus, that is a good thing. Uh, it may not seem like it in the moment. Uh, the dude's in jail. Pretty crappy jail, not going to lie. Not our cushy jails that we have now. Uh, so rejoice Find those moments if you're suffering for God, that's a good thing. Uh, then we went on to uh, chapter 2. We kind of chilled in verse 2 and 3 a little bit. Uh, and he's talking about uh, he wants to encourage the church. He wants uh, them to knit together in love um, and to 
reach all the riches of the full assurance uh, of the knowledge of God. Uh, so first off, he wants to encourage them and for them to uh, love. That word encouragement um, is to means to plead, to urge them. Uh, he's trying to build up an enthusiastic viewpoint for God. Uh, you know, there's a lot of false prophets and false teachers, so he's trying to lead them in the way of the light, not of darkness. Uh, I like uh, the text commentary here in the Blue Letter Bible. Um, David Gusick pointed out, discouraged, downcast Christians are easy prey for the world, for the flesh, and for the devil. And I went, dang, that hits hard, because it's very true. Very true. So then another thing, uh, seek wisdom and knowledge. How does one do that, perhaps? Study the Bible. This is the easiest way you can get wise. Fun fact. Uh, and with this, you will be filled with the full assurance of God. That comes maturity. I'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, but knowing that, knowing God's word, you will have that full assurance. Um, growing in this, you will grow in God's truth. Uh-huh. Point back to this morning, what Zach talked about, we need not wonder about God's word because we know that it's the truth. So, second part, verse 4. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. Another uh, text uh, version says persuasive words. I like that one better because I understood it more because my English is not so great. So, but going back into the Bible, Matthew 7, verse 15 um, I like this one. I even have it written down even beforehand. Beware of false prophets uh, who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. I like that because they're all seeking their own thing. They're not seeking the Lord. So, no false teachers knowing what's right and wrong. This goes back to verse 3, what I said beforehand. Study the Bible and memorize Scripture. You can bust that out and be like, boom, mic drop. So, to end things, verse 28 of chapter 1 and verse 5 talk about maturity, being mature in Christ. So, grow in your maturity in Christ. Uh, when, if you are mature in Christ, toil to make others mature. Um, if you aren't mature, toil to become mature. Uh, in that, you will know right from wrong, and you will know false teachers from correct teachers. So, but all in all, I'll leave this with you. You can't do any of it with the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you got to lean into that. That's our free will that we got to choose to do that. So with that, I leave you with that. Be blessed. Wow, Froggy 101. I've never laughed and been edified so much. In a, that, was, that was awesome. That is the teaching style I've never seen, and I'm really, really excited about it. Um, thank you all so much. I really didn't know how that was going to go. I didn't know how the group times were going to go. I thought it'd be like crickets in here or grasshoppers that we have going around crazy, like just hearing bugs fly, but it wasn't. Y'all were talking. You were, I think you probably felt like the 25 minutes went by fast that you could have spent more time. I think be encouraged by that, that you did 25 minutes and you felt like there could have been more and there was even more. You all wrestled with the, uh, one of the tougher verses in the entire New Testament where Paul says he's filling up 
what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ. Who does he think he is? Uh, he's Paul. He knows what he's talking about. He's saying good stuff. You should wrestle with it. Uh, I will give you a hint if you really want to study that more. Philippians 2.30. Philippians 2.30. Wrestle with that text. I'm not going to tell you what I think Paul's up to. Although if you ask me in private, I'll tell you. But go wrestle with Philippians 2.30. What's going on there? Think about what Paul's saying in his text. How could they go together? The Greek that Paul uses is identical in those two verses. Um, and it's the only two places in the entire New Testament where those exact Greek formulations show up. So he's saying kind of the same thing. Think about it. I'm really proud of you guys. It's uh, awesome to be able to watch, um, just watch you guys read the Word, talk about the Word, and then get up and present it. And you've clearly taken it so seriously, and um, you just value it so much. So thank you for just making me proud. It's a, a joy to be your pastor and watch you guys um, do this. You don't even need me. So with that, I'm, resi- I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> you guys are incredible. Um, I love you all very much, and I really I just want to say thank you for engaging in this, for entering the stretch. Um, and I hope you see that like you can do this. Like You can study the Word deeply, 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 and it can never be exhausted. Um, Yeah, you guys are incredible. So let me pray, and then we'll be done for the night.